Hey everyone, this is Kendall from the Recording Lounge Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Today we are interviewing Alex Oana, who is co-founder and creator of Audio Test Kitchen. Now, Audio Test Kitchen is a new website. It just opened and released, if you will, very recently, within the last couple of weeks of the time of recording this podcast. And I am so all about this idea. Basically, what it is, is a comparison website where you can compare different types of microphones. And in the future, they plan on adding more and more types of gear, all kinds of stuff. We'll talk about that a lot in the interview. But what's really great about this website is the links that they have gone to to make sure that these are fair and unbiased representations. All of us, I'm sure at some point or another, have compared different pieces of gear. We've watched comparisons on YouTube. We've debated people on forums. And it never really seems to give us a fair, unbiased, scientific representation of the sound. Now, people try. I've tried on YouTube to do it. I've done certain comparisons. And even then, it's really, really hard to make sure these comparisons are fair and accurate and repeatable and exact. And I think the team at Audio Test Kitchen, to my knowledge, has done more research and more put more effort into making an accurate and fair comparison of tons of different products uh, than almost anybody I've ever seen. Um, I'm so into this idea because I love the idea of trusting your ears. We've talked about it on the podcast before that... It's so easy to get wrapped up in what you think something should be or, oh, I shouldn't add that much EQ or I shouldn't use this or I shouldn't use that. Um, we all are going to have preferences. Sure, that's natural, but it's so easy to get biased. It's so easy to get into this spiral of confusion. So I'm so excited to share this interview between me and Alex. He's very gracious to share a lot of his time and go into detail about how they tested some of this stuff, the whole process, and definitely make sure by the end of this episode, if you haven't already gone there already, you check out audiotestkitchen.com. So before we get started with the interview, I'd just like to say the Recording Lounge podcast has our first official sponsor. So this episode of the Recording Lounge podcast is being brought to you by Sound Porter Mastering. Now, Sound Porter Mastering is a mastering studio run by Brian Murphy that offers extremely competitive mastering rates for your projects. I just found out about this website recently, and I've been talking to Brian now, now, when I say competitive rates, I mean they start as low as 36 bucks per song. Really, really affordable, okay? Brian is also a Recording Lounge listener, fan, supporter, so that's a plus. Now, one of the trademarks of Brian's process is what he calls the iterative master. So, what that means is Soundporter recognizes that a good master starts with a good mix, which is so true. We've talked about that many times on the podcast. But often, we don't know exactly how something's going to sound or react after it's mastered. And of course, this can lead to people saying, well, I'll just master it myself, or I'll just use this digital automated service. 
And really, that's kind of undermining the possibilities of what mastering really is. Like I've said on the podcast before, one of the most valuable parts of mastering to me is an unbiased third party that hears the mix for the first time and can say, oh, this has too much low end, or it needs a little bit more top, or there's a little bit of harshness. Not just some algorithm, a real person on the other end of the chain, but... A lot of times it's really expensive or they don't have flexibility for this sort of thing. This is where the iterative master comes into play. With this process, you send in your mix to get mastered. And then once you hear it, you can tweak the mix as needed and resend it. So then Brian will run the updated mix through the chain again for a very small fee. It's like 12 bucks or less, which is a crazy good deal. So you can get these uh, different iterations of your master based on you trying to get the mix as good as possible with a real human being mastering your project. And again, that's one of the most valuable parts of mastering to me in general. Seriously, and it's a huge pain when you get a surprise in the mastering process only to realize... I should have maybe turned that snare up a little bit in the mix, or maybe the vocal's a little bit buried. Um, and you, cert- and it's like a blow to the chest when the mastering studio wants to charge you full price for the master, uh, even if you've already paid. Um, so I think this is such a cool idea. I think it's a great service. If you're interested in learning more about Sound Porter, you can check out soundporter.com, S-O-U-N-D, P-O-R-T-E-R.com. Read through his FAQ page and then fill out the contact form to book your project or if you have any further questions. So thanks, Brian, for being a podcast listener and fan and bringing this cool service to my attention. All right. So without further ado, let's get on to our interview with Alex Awana of Audio Test Kitchen. Okay, so let me first start by saying that I love the idea of Audio Test Kitchen. I'm totally a supporter of this idea. Um, but I want to hear from you about how did you get into this? Like, What was even the reason behind it? Why did you start Audio Test Kitchen? How did you get here? All of the above. Well, first of all, man, I appreciate your feedback so much. And, and you reached out to us uh, uh, at Audio Test Kitchen, and then I'm on the other end of that right now. You reached out to me on, on Instagram. Right. And uh, man, I just, number one, we created this thing for the community. Like myself, my co-founder, everybody who's been involved with this, we've all kind of experienced the same pain point over the years. And that's I think that's why... I mean, I'm interested in asking you, actually, in what way Audio Test Kitchen resonates for you and why it seems like a good idea (laughs) and, you know, why you were enthusiastic about it. Right. Um, But from our perspective, you know, it's just this it's just weird that this information doesn't exist. And the the analogy that I like to use and I think it's like totally appropriate, you know, okay, so just about everybody in the world has shopped for something online. So imagine you go online to buy something and you literally cannot see a picture of it. Right. That is what it's like for musicians and audio creators all the time. They can't get the most important and fundamental information, the sound. Sure. So that is the big goal of Audio Test Kitchen, to change that, to make it so for audio products, there's there's audio everywhere, anywhere you're any place you're, you you encounter an audio product online, 
um, whether that's a thing that makes a sound, it's a synthesizer or a thing you play, a guitar, you know, something that processes sound, a compressor, a plug-in, um, something that you, you know, use to transmit and amplify yourself, a microphone, anything that's a, that's a sound related, you can hear it, you can audition it, you can compare it, and you can do it in a standardized way that allows you to create a, a real solid understanding of what that thing sounds like and, and what, how it would work for you and what you know the the problem you're trying to solve or you know who you who you want to sound like what you want to sound like whatever your creative goal is right and it's almost like to take your analogy one step further it's almost as ridiculous as going to a website shopping for clothes and they're like oh we'll let you hear what the fabric sounds like when it rubs together <laughs> it's you know and it's like well that's i need to see it i need that's the point of the clothing, it's, and I want it to look good. And, you know, and on the opposite side, we have audio. It's like, oh, well, here's what the mic looks like, you know? And that's like, sure, I guess that's helpful somehow, but I, I need to hear it. I need to hear what it sounds like to actually make a judgment. Totally. And and on some occasions, if we're lucky, those two qualities intersect. Like you take, there's plenty of companies you could look at, like Manly, for example, beautiful design beautiful aesthetic design outwardly you know the, the mm -hmm. pictures say sure. a lot of th the, the pictures in that case actually really tell you something about the care that that went into the creation of that product including how it sounds including how reliable it will be for you but the fact is as you're pointing out kendall that is not always the case so right. you can't there and there's been a lot of products that have been sold and bought um, based on, as you say, maybe the quality that is not the most important thing. The, the aspect, the element, the, the characteristic is what I mean. Totally. And one of the big things about the Recording Lounge podcast that I try to do that maybe sets me apart from other podcasts is I'm really interested in helping people understand how things work and why they work and how to listen to things and how to master the tools themselves rather than just coasting along on presets or, you know, like a lot of people when they first start, there's so much confusion, there's so much information and they'll coast along on presets or they'll, they'll look up online, well, how, what mic should I use for vocals and all of this? And it doesn't actually teach them quite as much as actually just doing it and using it and learning about it because that's really what will free them up to then experiment with more things. For example, if you understand how to use a compressor and you understand what all the knobs do, it then frees you up to experiment and break the rules and do whatever is necessary to get the sound. But if you're just relying on presets, you might not actually get what you need for a given sound. So for me, it's, it's like, wouldn't it be better to just understand it and hear it for yourself and decide for yourself what you need, what you like, and really get a good grasp on what you're hearing? For example, the other day, somebody emailed me and said, I borrowed my dad's U87, and I tried it on my voice, and I have this uh, other mic, I don't remember what it was, it's like a low, sort of a lower budget mic, maybe an Aston or, or a Behringer even, I, I don't remember, um, and they were like, and I, and I like that one better, is that okay? 
And I was like, sure, of course it's okay. Like, I can't tell you that what you're hearing is wrong or that the Neumann should have sounded better um, because that's just not true. That's just not honest of me to say that. If they like the way the other mic sounds, then that's really all they need to know. And it's so easy for people to get confused and think, oh, well, this has this name brand on it, or this has this history attached to it, and therefore it must be better, right? If only I had that, I could get a good recording, right? And it's just not true. Well, you bring up two really important points, and they both revolve around the idea of empowering people with information. And that is what Audio Test Kitchen is all about. So with within what you just brought up there's kind of two there's two things going on one is yes it's about your taste you know i can i can believe what i want you can believe what you want i can help you i can guide you i can you know as your friend as a as a trusted colleague that certainly is all relevant and that's not like audio test kitchen makes that kind of information and that kind of collaboration irrelevant in fact we're we want to support that. Right. Um, you know, if you compare what, how the dialogue t- can take place now, say, for example, on a forum, people all talk about differing, differing experiences from different reference points. And audio, what Audio Test Kitchen offers is a common reference point. So we can all point to the same thing and, and say, no, listen to this right here. Let And, and what do we, what do we each do? take away from that so it becomes a little less like oh well one time you know in my buddy's studio i I think it was a blah 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 this and i thought i heard that or like my friends all tell me this or you know my professor says that now you can as you just pointed out you can have your own real experience with it and the other thing you pointed out is like you know, you, you're telling me that the way that you try to help and, and guide people, that, that if they know more about the tools, that can free them up. And it's it's almost like, uh, you know, what what people say about like learning jazz or something like that. Like learn all your, learn your scales, you know, like learn your scales so that when you sit down to create, you're just freed up to create. And sure. Yeah. So learn your tools so that when you sit down to create, you, you can just create. And the, the thing that I would point out within that is that and one thing the audio test kitchen wants to do is we want to meet people where they are right because there's there's a you out there there's a me there's a person who is just starting and they need help and they need guidance and and maybe they even need to know like what are the pros using and um then there's a person who is like the total pro that's like hey i i want to challenge my own beliefs about what these microphones and eventually all kinds of other gear sounds like. But sure. where Audio Test Kitchen is is going is to a place that hopefully will recognize people's needs at all different levels. So, for example, for the entry-level person, we have a feature that we'll be rolling out in the near future, which is a link. Uh, so for any microphone, you can hear an example of that microphone on a recording that's already been released. It's out there and it's on Spotify. So oh, like wow. you can literally click click on that mic, click on the Spotify icon on Audio Test Kitchen and see a whole list of songs where that mic is is in a recording. Right. 
like that you can listen to right now and you can hear it on vocals on this song and acoustic guitar on that song and overhead on that song on electric guitar on that song and then when you click that you can actually hear it in real time right within audio test kitchen without ever having to leave so you can hear oh okay so this is how you know uh, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road this is the end of the story this is how like this microphone could actually get used and and come out sounding in the end right and that's great i think so as i've been using audio test kitchen uh i've already been on your site a lot so you know there's probably a big traffic from my (laughs) from my location if you (laughs) awesome um, bring it on man yeah and uh and so just going through that it's it's always amazing and and surprising a microphone that you will think oh no that's not even going to hold up and it will and it's just proof that when you do see an interview i mean sure there are there are definitely going to be occasions where an engineer is maybe given some free gear to promote a certain mic but i think in most cases most engineers don't use stuff they don't like i think most most of us would say that and the problem is how much struggle we have to go through often to find what we like and it can take years of just trial and error and trying different mics and reading reviews and going back and forth and saying man i don't even know it gets overwhelming right like there's so many microphones out there there's so many pieces of gear and there's clones and there's clones of clones and it's so hard when the gear is expensive or when you're in an area of the world where you can't go try it out in person, or even if you do, I mean, how many engineers have gone to studios and fallen in love with a mic only to find out, oh, well, this is like a good one. You know what I mean? Like, this is a good 47. There's some bad ones too. And then you go to another studio and they've got one that like maybe hasn't been kept up over the years and it sounds okay, but it's just this huge sea of confusion and money. <laughs> and that's hard. That's very, very hard. And everything you say is, everything you just said is true. And, and it's, there's a lot of confusion because there's a lot of pathways. And, and I think what it comes down to and what we're, what we're trying to do is just create the possibility of confidence. Right. I, I, I can become more confident because I have information and that's really what it's about. And it's about giving people the right kind of information. And, and so we really, we're, we're very thoughtful about creating audio test kitchen from the beginning. Like we analyzed, well, what has been done out there in terms of shootouts and comparisons online? Like it's it, you know, on YouTube, on blogs, uh, what retailers have done. Um, we looked at how what kind of music was done. We looked at the delivery format. We looked at the the way the data was organized. We looked at the um, the sound sources, the types of singers, all these choices. And and we, I mean, that's why it took us three years to build this wow. <laughs> just for microphones. And and so what we came up with was you know the the right we we think the right combination of information so that pe- someone can use audio test kitchen and come out with a sense of confidence about what they've heard and i i will admit that at this point in time you know there's 300 microphones up there uh, actually 250 mics plus 
50 and now and grow a growing number of the modeling mics so that that number will just keep increasing right and you know I, I admit if you don't know where to start that could be overwhelming but one of the first things that you can do is you can filter by price so let's say you have 250 dollars 399 dollars whatever it is or someone tells you you know friend says hey you need to spend at least you know 400 bucks on a mic you can do that. You can just go in and filter by that. And you can say, okay, well, how am I, what do I need? I'm a vocalist, great. So then you select one of the vocal tracks and you start listening to vocals on $400 mics. And right. you can get a sense. And then if you wanna test, like like you said, your buddy who you know borrowed a relative's um, vintage U87, but didn't like it as well as the, the less expensive mic that he had been using. Sure. That's, amazing and that is a discovery that you can do on audio test kitchen right now you can let's say you find your favorite mic for 400 bucks and you're like well everybody says you know the such and such is the best and such and such costs three grand go ahead and compare that favorite 400 mic to the three thousand dollar legendary mic and and see you know maybe you still will aspire to one day own the three thousand dollar you know legend sure. mic um and that's totally fine but the the great thing is now that it's it's all up to you and and it just isn't possible unless the information is made available right and you can even see okay how far off am i you know like for example if you've got a cheaper mic you can see what areas maybe it lacks in that perhaps you could compensate for a little bit in uh, with some gear or some you know plugins in the mix you know and and even when people find that there's very little difference between some microphones and that could be within the same price range that could be within a, a totally wildly different price ranges that information is actually really useful sure and the crazy thing is it's accurate um and we know it's accurate because of how we built the audio database i mean the the recordings the way that we approach them with the science that we put into it and the reproducibility the standardization it's totally unbiased so you know as you're you know if you feel like you're stuck like god i can barely tell the difference between you know the 300 dollars audio technica and the you know two thousand dollar whatever it may be it's likely to be true. Right. I mean, we want to make sure, you know, that everybody is listening on the best headphones that they have or the best monitors that they have. It's it again, it just comes down to can I believe what I hear? And one of the, you know, things that we're trying to communicate is yes, you can believe what you hear on Audio Test Kitchen and and you can trust your ears. We want to empower people to trust their ears. And some of the things that will be coming out with in the near future are just really simple things like what should you listen for as you're selecting a vocal microphone or a you know a large diaphragm condenser mic for for various applications um but we know that for sure the the data is there in terms of the audio recordings um all the different sound sources and you know i'm i'd be i'd, I'd be psyched to tell you more about um all the lengths that we went to to ensure um, consistency from of the source no matter what microphone was in front of that source no matter what time that was quite a quite an adventure and a process yeah please do i i'm i'm fascinated by the by the process go like go for it tell us how you went about this huge undertaking of these testing procedures yeah well so first of all um we are 
recording engineers, producers, musicians. Um, happy to date myself as somewhat of a, a veteran. I've been doing it for about 30 years, audio engineering, producing records, all that. And yeah, I did start on analog tape and tube microphones and mixing consoles and all that. But I also was a very early adopter of of all the digital formats, you know, from DAT to ADAT, which is a multi-track um, VHS tape, actually. Right. <laughs> digital, digital VHS. Um, to you know early early pro tool systems and i i remember um what that was like making the transition from uh, quote unquote analog to digital and and um i think you know tools are tools and i sure. think that's actually one genius thing about um being able to have a resource like audio test kitchen is just to like you said understand what the available tools are sure and because otherwise it's there's just so much mystery and and to follow up on what you said uh, earlier um you know we want to demystify this whole thing about finding the right tool for you we want to it's it's fine to be influenced by your heroes and and your friends but we want to make sure that you're influenced by what is real and that you're empowered to make the choice for yourself so um, okay, so back to back to how did we create and approach the recording methodologies? How did we create the recording methodologies for Audio Test Kitchen? So, you know, we're all musicians and 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 uh, engineers and producers, and we just had to think about um, number one relatability. So, you know, let's say you are a rapper and you are you're male, you're a you're a male vocalist, you're a rapper, and you're baritone. So we have a old school LA hip hop song that where there's a, a baritone rapper on it, and we actually have three rappers on that song. And we're right now, if you go onto Audio Test Kitchen, you'll you'll only hear one of them, but in the future we'll be just releasing the additional content that's already been captured. Um, and we thought, so okay, on the same song, yeah. three different. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. And so we recorded music, you know, just carry on that example to different types of artists and working in different kinds of genres. We actually have four songs and four genres on the 300 mic. So, and there's up to 12 sources per song. So we're like, okay, people are going to need to hear drums. They're going to need to hear bass, guitar. We, um, Yamaha gave us a self-playing disclavier acoustic piano that we um, had a tuner come in tune multiple times a day uh, over the course of a week as we captured it. So, and wow. then we have a close mic and we have a room mic. And um, we, um, we, so, so the way, Kendall, that we made sure that the, the sources were consistent all the time. And let me just back up a step and say, you know, when you're switching between microphones, you want to make sure that the only thing that changes um, is the only variable that you're accounting for is the difference in sound between those mics that you're comparing, right. not a difference in, in the source. So like- Same performance, that, all of that. Yeah, so for example, electric guitar, we captured the electric guitar takes direct and we reamplified them through a Fender twin that we got from Fender. It was identical coming out of that amp every time. And we had a reference mic on that amp so it doesn't matter if it was, you know, take number one Audio Technica mic to take number two hundred ninety nine, um, you know, microphone from Violet or Wonder or Warm. Um, we can go back and and reference the reference mic that was on the amp the whole time to ensure that the 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 sound coming out of the amp never changed. Right. 
Um, and we took that same approach on piano, on electric bass, uh, reamplifying that. Um, we and so acoustic drums were a really important thing, and that ended up being like a crazy journey that we never would have anticipated um, would would take so much effort as it did. In fact, we we were at East West Studios um, last November and December, and we had more than two weeks booked out. And drums was one of the biggest things we wanted to get there, and we had this beautiful kit set up, and we had this famous um, drum tech. Um, called the Drum Doctor Ross is his oh, name yeah, here Garfield. in LA. Yeah, yeah, and so he yeah. came out and gave us this beautiful old vintage Slingerland kit, and it was like, oh my god, it sounded amazing in the room. And the thing is, we could not control the variables of that drum kit. Like we were recording, what, what we were doing is we were first of all we didn't have a human being played it. We had these um, uh, acoustic. Uh, or they're, they're physical um, drum strikers made by um, a company called Polyend out of Poland. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've seen those, the, the MIDI-triggered ones. Yeah, so it's, it's right. They're called Perk, and they used to be called Perk Pro. So they're they're triggered by MIDI, so we could program a performance. You can program it with dynamics and, and uh, you know, you can do rolls on a snare. You can do whatever you want. Um, but they're slightly lower velocity than a human being could could play. So that was one drawback. But right. you can get really consistent hits with it. Sure. And even with so we call that the drum robot. So even with the drum robot playing a three piece kit, kick, snare, hat, like little things would change from take to take. Like the the tuning of the kick, of course. Even with us monitoring it and with reference mics on it, we were having trouble keeping it exactly in tune. Then the snare would slightly drift, and then like we were using these um, hand uh, hammered hi hats and the 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 top hat would slightly rotate relative to the bottom hat and so like we literally threw away five days of recording and probably twenty thousand dollars in expense with the wow. studio time and, and all the personnel then we went to um gold diggers la tried to record drums there failed we went to plastic dog which uh is owned by colin liebick from bae audio and mojave audio mm. and he was really generous in letting us use his studio we failed recording there <laughs> until we decided to do it separately and so we we had to build so we built a hi-hat robot we called it and it was based on a one of those polyend perk strikers and so we built a dedicated um, hi-hat stand we had some welding done we like drilled the thing through the thing and we built this whole apparatus to make sure that that hi-hat never changed and what so what we when we finally hit it after trying three or four times at great expense we were the 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 very first hi-hat we recorded on day one compared to day five when we finally finished every microphone in front of that hi-hat it, it sounded identical every time wow so we did the same thing with tambourine. So it's an acoustic tambourine being struck by the the perk, and um, and I realized I left out a really important detail. Of course, super super important to making sure that the comparisons are exactly the same every time is that the microphone is number one in the the identical position. So not just the mic itself, but the capsule. And so if you've seen any of our posts on social media, you might have seen. Um, like we use a lot of lasers yeah <laughs> <laughs> so and and it's not just for show we literally use the lasers to line up where that diaphragm sits in space so you know um up down uh front back left right and the the twist of it so those we we, we uh, leveled all the variables so that the source never changes um 
then we ended up going to Chris Lord Algae's studio. Chris was amazing. He is uh, he's become quite a generous philanthropist in our industry in that like he just wants to give back. He's had such a hugely successful career and he is very cognizant of the fact that that um you know he's he's been he's been blessed you know he's worked really really hard but he just wants to give back in terms of education and when he saw what we were doing with audio test kitchen he was like you know what i totally believe in this mission i you know he he flies around the world to help teach people you know the current generation, the next generation of audio engineers and, and, and producers, everything he knows. And, um, and so he believes that Audio Test Kitchen can similarly be a tool to help um, educate people on um, ma- making, making music and producing great sounding audio. Yeah. So he invited us into his studio, um, totally no charge, Five weeks, we were in there with drums and 300 mics, and uh, we recorded. We um, there's a great local drum maker in LA called Q Drums. So the letter Q mm-hmm. drums, and they they um, set us up with two of their best drums. We got a um, we got a 26 inch bass drum. It's nice. like my favorite giant bass drum, so that we could produce lots of low end. That's another thing we we're very conscious of in the content creation. We we're like, we got to make sure that these mics are exposed to a wide variety of frequencies and different dynamics. Um, so we got the 26 inch kick, um, and we got a um, what they call the their brass gentleman snare. And so we. We knew that the the so we'd found out that the the perk was not powerful enough to strike the kick drum with enough force. So we created a spring loaded mechanism to ensure that it was being struck with the exact same force in the exact same place every time. And we had this we got tune bots, which are these little um, things that you clip onto the rim of the drum, and you can see within um, is it within a hertz? It might even be within sub hertz range what the tuning of that drum is. So we we're keeping that really consistent with the snare. We, um, so the snare sounded great and it was being struck by the perk, but, um, I think on this podcast, you'll be the, you and your audience will be the first to learn that we totally failed at recording acoustic snare drum. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I think I know now having spent three weeks total trying to, and, and it was the third or fourth time we had tried to capture snare. I think I know now what to do and what not to do, but at the same time, I would never do it again. I would never try to try to believe that I can keep the snare exactly identically consistent over the course of 300 mics. It's just, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's possible with, with our current technology. So just drums aren't built to do that, you know? Right. Um, so, finicky. so, so, finicky. yeah. And so what we ended up doing was actually, um, in this case, we had, uh, here's another part of the story. Um, Harman Laboratories. So Harman is the parent company of a lot of um, audio brands, both on the pro side and on the uh, consumer side. So right. they own JBL, AKG. Um, on the and on the consumer side, it's like um, Harman Kardon, of course, Mark Levinson, Infinity, Ravel. So these guys have such an uh, a deep collective knowledge and expertise about audio products and and even just human listening and perception and they also have four anechoic chambers about 
15 minutes from my house. Nice. Oh, man. I mean, it was there was a there were a lot of serendipitous things that happened that um without which Audio Test Kitchen would not have been possible. And so the meeting the Harmon guys was one of those things. And so Dr. Sean Olive, um Omid Kansarapur and Todd Welty were and and Dan Pai were our total bros out at Harmon and they just like opened their doors to us, helped us with our research, helped us refine our process. Um, and basically long story short, made two really important things possible. Um, they made it possible for us to figure out how to, um, keep our vocals consistent across all the microphones in audio test kitchen. Right. And they made it possible for us to have for the first time ever, absolutely standardized frequency responses across all of those microphones across 54 different manufacturers so it it had never been done before and one of the things in our industry that you know those who are interested in that kind of data if they're looking at a mic uh, a manufacturer's mic frequency response data they'll be like oh you know that's not you know they'll see a curve or whatever and it's all smoothed out they're like that's not what it sounds like or some manufacturer will go like that's not what their mic sounds like so this big debate so we pretty much just ended that debate right like we captured every one of those mics under the same conditions with the same test tones in front of the same speaker in the Harman anechoic chamber using the same process and so the frequency response graphs that you see on audio test kitchen totally standardized right now there's different ways to weight those curves and there's different this and that. But the important thing is relative to one another, they're all spot on. Right. You know, down to, you know, a 12th of an octave or something like that. So, oh yeah. And you can get away with so much when you have a really smoothed out response. Same thing for any type of acoustics test. You know, you want to get something that's uh, relevant that's not so fine that it's like well human beings can't even hear that much accuracy but you also don't want to smooth it to like one third octave or one half octave where it's like well now it's just making all the you know bumps and uh, peaks and nulls smooth out to where that's not actually showing what a room sounds like or a microphone sounds like uh, and we even talked about the same issues uh, on Instagram we were talking about like um, proximity effect and how a lot of mic manufacturers measure at one meter. That's kind of the standard, but yet we use microphones at all kinds of distances. And so that makes it tough to trust uh, what the quote standard method of testing frequency response has been for years and years. You're, you're reminding me of a really important point. And one of the things that, um, people a question that we often get is yeah but what about the off-axis response and what about different proximity effects and one of the things that we made sure to do in capturing all these different sources was to put the microphones at different distances different positions um and in real rooms so um one of the recordings on the far extreme end of the example uh, it's a vocal and it's captured in the anechoic chamber. So there's absolutely zero artifact. You're only getting that microphone. So, um, but on the opposite end of the extreme probably is the room, the piano room microphone at East West studio two. So, I mean, that comes complete with room noise and HVAC and buses going past, and right. like, you know, and all the reflections of that beautiful Bill Putnam designed room. Um, so we have, you know, 
from those two extreme examples and everything in between so that you can really paint a picture of what these microphones sound like and 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 one thing that i i want people to understand is that you know it's probably um, best that you kind of average, you know, listen to a, a bunch of different sources of each microphone on Audio Test Kitchen and build a picture in your in your mind's ear um, about about what that mic's true personality is. So that's sure. I, I think that's probably the best way to do it. And in fact, we created a tool, and I'm sure you've encountered it. Um, um, but I wanted to point it out in in case uh, anybody listening hasn't tried it yet. So there's two ways to hear all these sources within a song. You can solo them. So if you want to listen to, say, just the bass, just the vocal, just the piano, just the drums, um, you can be in solo mode. But right, right below the source selector, um, there's a toggle switch. So the um, it, you can toggle out of solo into something called the stacked effect. And, st and it's named that because it's every one of those sources. So let's say there's 10 sources in a song. And if you're listening to say a U87, you can hear every one of those sources stacked together, all recorded on that U87. Right. So that it's what the effect is a natural multiplying of its personality. So you're hearing 10 sources on U87 all at once that all come together to create the mix, the and it's a, the amplification of the, the characteristics of that mic. And then when you switch to the next mic over, say an Audio-Technica 4033, now its characteristics are multiplied by 10 because you're hearing 10 sources at once on that mic. Right. And I think one of the best parts about Audio Test Kitchen, in my mind, is that it sort of proves the idea that every microphone on your list is capable of producing a good recording and it's a valid sound. You may not like it for a given thing, or maybe you like it more for certain things. But, you know, so many people will ask me questions, oh, what's the best microphone for this? What's the best microphone for that? And really, I I know they're not satisfied with my answer of like, well, it depends. But the truth is that's the wrong question. The wrong question is what's the best mic for XYZ? The right question in my mind is what microphone will accomplish the sound that I'm looking for for a given part in a given production with a given source? And that's a much harder question that requires a lot more research, but I think your website goes a long way into proving that it's more about what's going to best capture this particular sound for me and what's going to have the right color and the right character and you know minimize the bad stuff and enhance the good stuff, all of that. Well, I'm so glad you pointed that out because you, know, you said something earlier that was that some might take to be the opposite of that, which is how important it is to know your tools. But I, I love that. I think I hear you saying that these two ideas actually coexist. It's like, totally. yeah. And, and at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is help people help make it easier for people to make a good decision about gear so that they can what? So that they can get on with creating. Right. That's the whole point of this is like get some gear and make some make some music, you right. know, make record your podcast. Just let's get going. Um, right. But, you know, if if you are interested in like, OK, well, I I need to make sure I have a microphone that's, you know, bright. I like it to sound bright. Sure. And rather than just reading about it and relying on what someone else what someone else's ears might say about it. 
you can just go and hear it for yourself. And if you, for example, let's say you're a podcaster and you know that you kind of have a, like a whistling kind of essiness to your voice, you can easily go and hear which mics are sibilant. Um, or if you know that you need, you know, a little bit more heft in the bottom end, or if your your voice uh, is is kind of thick and needs needs some lift in the mid range, you can easily go and either hear that, and you can even see on the frequency graphs which microphones emphasize those frequencies and and which ones um, you know might might fit what you're looking to do. I've actually already purchased a mic because of Audio Test Kitchen. <laughs> Yes. Um, yes. I know is probably part of the goal is to like help people make decisions, right? So I uh, was listening to a handful of different mics in the sort of 251 C12 style, right? Telefunken AR51s. I had uh, a couple of Wunder mics up. I had, you know, uh, just a handful, right? And I kind of wound it down after listening to a bunch of different microphones. And I went into it as unbiased as I could. And I said, I don't care what it costs or what brand it is. I'm going to try out a bunch of different mics. And so I was listening to it, like you said, on, on vocals, in solo, in the mix, all kinds of stuff. And the top three decisions for me, um, the top three that I wound up with were a $6,600 mic, a $2,000 mic, and a four hundred dollar mic. Whoa! And okay, I'm gonna guess um, Bach. Uh, Bach. Uh, well, that would be probably their their two fifty one, because I think that's a six thousand dollar one. The Telefunken AR fifty one is about two grand, and then the four hundred dollar one. Oh man, I don't know. But are, are you gonna say? Are you gonna say what you came yeah, up with? Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll. Yeah. I'll, I'll spoil it. So the the high one was a Wonder. I think Ooh. it was. I think it was a Wonder, or it might have been the. I don't know. It was a, it was the one of the most expensive mics on the website yeah. at, right now, uh, sixty six hundred dollars, and I think it was the the CM twelve. Okay, that's the um, Wonder CM twelve, right? Okay, so not two fifty one, but two fifty one style. It's got the same capsule, the CK twelve right, capsule. Right. Yep, yep. Yeah, C twelve two fifty one area, and then you're right on the middle one. It was the Telefunken AR fifty one. Yep. And then the the cheap one, the four hundred dollar one, was the Vanguard. Oh, the V thirteen. Uh, Actually, it was the V4. V4. Okay, so that's solid state? Because I think it's the V13 yes. that is... Oh, okay. Yes. It was a solid state. I'm surprised. Me too. <laughs> and I swore up and down that I liked it better than the Telefunken. It kind of rattled my brain a little bit. And so I bought one. I found one on Reverb and I said, all right. I got I got it for three fifty open box. I thought, all right, worst case, I get it. I don't like it. I can return it. And so I sat down. I have a Wonder CM sixty seven. Oh, you do. Um, that I usually that I love on acoustic guitar. Oh yeah, it's got, well, and, it's, unlike the you know original or vintage ones, it has a much more brilliant or sort of op- open top end. But that's that's just right. inside. So probably great right. for acoustic, yeah. But still yeah. that warmth, the richness, the body, the nice mid range, yeah. Okay. Right. So I love it on acoustic, and I thought one of the things that was most striking to me when I was going through your website on that particular test was how much I liked it on acoustic. So I thought, all right, well, I'll compare it to my current favorite mic on acoustic, which is the Wunder, and put them both up, and I sent it to my assistant, and I said, I'm going to give you an A, B, and I want you to tell me which one you like more. 
Ooh, did you use the share feature, by the way? Did you share this, your session? I didn't. I didn't. I just sent him, because uh, I recorded my uh, my Wunder and the uh, and the Vanguard together. Okay, got it. Uh, on acoustic. I just sent him, you know, end to end. Um, and just played played guitar for 30 seconds, you know, finger-picked, strummed, flat-picked. And I just sent it to him. I said, just tell me which one you like better, A or B. And he picked the Vanguard, too. <laughs> and he had no idea even what I was sending him. Yeah. You know, he, he had no clue. A and a B, right? A and a B. And he had no idea that one was almost 10 times the price of the other one. <laughs> I just said, tell me which one sounds better. Now, obviously, it's isolated, and in a given mix, it might not, you know, whatever. Yep. But that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about straight impression of this acoustic guitar sound. What do you think? And he picked the Vanguard. And so, yeah, now I have it, and I kept it. <laughs> um, Dude, I love that journey. That is the total success story. Huge high fives. Right. And, and, and again, like, I'd never heard of Vanguard. I just put it up in the in the in the queue on the website and thought, ah, eh, sure. And it kept coming back up and it kept staying in that top list. I was just blown away. And I, I at this point, kind of the great thing about it is I feel like I don't need to explain it. You know what I mean? Because I trusted my ears. And there is no real reason for me to be like, oh, well, you know, this is a cheap mic. But, like, you don't have to give a preface. I just like it. <laughs> so so that's that. And I picked it. It has now been picked twice. Once by me on your website and now by my assistant in a blind shootout. So, I mean, what can I argue? You know, I don't have a good argument against it. Dude, I'm, I'm so glad. I mean, you found something that's of super high value and you found it at, at a in a very at very approachable price. I mean, that is a that's a huge win for you. And, you know, price sometimes is the most important thing. But in this case, you found the intersection of a price and value and performance. And that's you know, I there's people are going to discover that. And, you know, some sometimes it will be the the wonder cm67 that wins yeah you know and whatever it doesn't matter and that's the whole point um you know it's it's what you like and sure hey i have a question did you um did you use the blind mode on audio test kitchen i did i thought that was a great addition okay so is that partly how you found the vanguard and how it uh that is how i ended up i didn't start using it but and when i got down to like the final five maybe yeah um I had the Manly in there, uh, nice big open top end on that. Um, and once I got down to those like final five, then I was like, all right, I'm going to use the blind mode. And it kept staying in the running. <laughs> That's super rad. And, you know, one thing that you brought up um, is this idea of bias. So, you know, we bias ourselves with our eyes and we can't avoid it. We bias ourselves with um, price, with brand name and reputation, with, you know, what we've been told about something. Sure. And that is what 
that's what you know that second opinion was really important that you know your assistant um chose blind and you were able to to choose by shutting off all biases except for just the most important thing in this case because the most important thing to you was not the brand name which sometimes can be important let's say you're you have a um let's say you're you're a commercial um voiceover studio you know it might just be that you have to buy a u87 and a sennheiser sure. 416 shotgun like it just you know I, I, that's that's a different case but in some if, yeah, that's, if, yeah, that's reality. if 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 you know the most important thing is just the sound that's that's it you know checking all biases at the door is um is really important to that and i just want people to know also that um one of the things that will throw you off the quickest is if there's a level difference. And we went to sure. a lot of lengths to make sure that there's no level differences in, in every, every mic and every audio file on audio test kitchen. We did that in two stages. We had like a whole calibration process that we came up with for, um, on the capture side with our grace preamps, we were able to set them within one DB difference. And then we had a, a piece of software that was able to analyze the part of the spectrum where, human perception is most sensitive so then we are able to match the gain within a tenth of a db which within the most important part of the human perception band um while still allowing the personalities of each mic to come through so it's kind of like a think of it as kind of like a pivot point around the mid-range where like if one mic's brighter than another or bassier than another that those characteristics are still allowed to come through Right. And you can tell on the website, like when you have multiple microphones up and you're comparing frequency responses, you can tell that they're all sort of calibrated in that sort of one to two K like high mid region, right where our ears are really sensitive. Um, and then from there, you can see the highs and lows and how that changes. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. And that's that's a standard practice with frequency response comparisons to um, normalize them at 1K. So that's the point at which all those microphones meet. So you can see where they um, diverge um, all right. with a kind of a common starting point. And it was a, it was a separate process to do the, the level matching, but kind of the same theory behind both of those. I know there are probably some people who would look at what you're doing and say, oh, well, that's not real world or, uh, but, you know, I think they're ignoring that it's impossible, really, to test every mic in the world <laughs> on the same exact performance at the same exact point in space time. <laughs> you know, it's, totally. You can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, even if even people will argue sometimes. For example, I've got a YouTube channel and I've done some tests, and I've even had uh, done tests where I've put up, say, two different SM57s. Uh, on a guitar, like a say a vintage Unidyne versus a new one, right? And you'll still get people saying, "Oh, well, one's a little bit farther to the left, one's a little bit farther to the right." That's not a valid test. And it's like, so even if the microphones could occupy the same space, which they can't, I, you know, you're always going to have the naysayers. So to me, like in that, I have discovered basically what what you discovered which is really the only way is to measure it exactly and reamp a guitar. That's right. That's the closest the closest thing you can get to an identical performance in an identical place. And you would think that that would be enough, but you know, there's still going to be people, oh well, that's not really the same and <laughs> but in my mind, I think what you, what you've done is 
as close as you can possibly get to the same. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. And I mean, we really went to the mat um, to try to figure out the best way to do this. And, and, you know, so I've, I've also been on the manufacturing side of things. So in my, in my career, I've been engineer, musician, um, you know, producer. Uh, I was, I did sales for Vintage King Audio for a while. And, um, yeah, I remember seeing you in some of those videos. I was curious about how that transitioned, if you're, if you're still working with them. or I left Vintage King a few years ago, but I, I learned so many important things um, working with other people like me who are you know, trying to solve problems and basically having the same. It was just really painful. I know the slight, slight um, sidetrack here, but it was just painful for me and my customers at the time to get to that point where they were asking me to be their tiebreaker like Alex which one should I get and I'm like right. I don't have I don't have your ears you know um, right. and so we're relying on language to to create a, a common understanding and I think that's good it, it can be it can get you some of the way there but really the missing link was this information that allowed people to to hear something for themselves and that's and as through that through lots and lots of you know frustrating experiences frustrating for me that I was powerless to help my customers and friends and that they felt powerless that they couldn't you know make it to the showroom or go to a studio and do a comparison themselves and that's you know 99.999% of the world sure. can't can't make it to a showroom and it's also there's maybe two or three showrooms on the planet that are even set up to do a good comparison, but it's not on your speakers. It's not in your studio. Right. They might not have every piece of gear. They, uh, you know, might be a dealer that carries X, Y, and Z, but they don't carry A, B, and C that you're sure. also interested in. So, in a lot of ways, we feel like we've created sort of like a like a physically impossible showroom. Uh, right. And and sometimes we describe it, you know, you, when you're you've got a company and you're looking for like mottos and catchphrases and stuff. So one catchphrase that we've used um, is a better than showroom experience because right. of those things I described. You know, like you can you're not limited by what one dealer carries. You're not limited by the sound or the conditions of their showroom. Like, is it noisy? Can do you know what the speakers or the headphones sound like? Um, you know, you 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 basically teleport this studio to your this the showroom to your own studio plus we've done all the work to make sure that the source never changes the level never changes everything all the all the bias is removed everything's standardized so that when it comes down to it if the sound is the most important thing comparing this versus that you can do that right and it, it's it's you go to the best showroom in the world even or or you go to a studio, it doesn't matter if it's Abbey Road, it is quite unlikely that they're going to go to the lengths that we went to to make sure that when you're comparing this product versus that product, the only differences you will hear are between those two products. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when it comes to things like speakers, like even if you go to a showroom to hear different, uh, you know, monitors and, and, and listen to them, like Every room has a sweet spot, and, and if the one set of speakers is in that sweet spot and the other set is not, or if one set's a little louder, like it's impossibly hard to control all of those variables 
to really get like a super good opinion on which speaker is best for you. And even then, when you get said pair of speakers back to your room, it's going to sound different. I mean, the room is so powerful. And like this, this is exactly why you had to go to an anechoic chamber <laughs> for for anyone listening. An anechoic chamber, if you're not familiar, is is a reflectionless, calibrated, accurate room used for testing that they can say this is a truly flat response that we have calibrated. And yeah, and, and let me add on to that by saying it's the, the, the goal with an anechoic chamber is to remove the variable of, of the room, to, to remove any artifact that a room might create to make it so that whatever you're testing in that room, be it a speaker, a microphone, that's the only thing that you're testing for without any without the room imparting an artifact on that test. Right. And so like I do some acoustics consulting on the side and an old intern of mine uh, set up a studio and I was helping him with that. And, and at one point he was like, well, I want to get these barefoot speakers and don't get me wrong. I love barefoots. I mix on barefoots. They're, they're my main speakers. So I was like, sure, they, they let's, let's go for it. Well, and, and he is, uh, you know, experienced enough in acoustic testing to, um, to know this as well, but we put them up and, um, they just weren't working that great in his room. And it could have been the side firing subwoofers or whatever it may have been, but he kind of had to admit to himself, maybe these speakers don't work as well in this room. And so he ended up with a pair of Amphion speakers and they work so much better in his room. So like, it's very possible that he could have gone to hear them both in a showroom and said, oh, well, I like the barefoots better. But then you take it back to your room and it doesn't work. I, I mean, it's like maybe in that showroom, the barefoots were positioned ideally, or maybe they were a little bit louder, or maybe, you know, there's all these factors. Yeah. And it's like you said about the mics, it's like you can't have two physical objects occupy the same point in space at the same time. So even if you switch back A and B right. between two pairs of monitors that are perfectly calibrated and they're right next to each other in the room, it's it's still there's still going to be variables you, you can't account for. Right. Yeah. Like there. I mean, in certain rooms, moving the speakers a foot can have a huge difference in the response. Big time. It's just like, it's so important that people realize that and they're honest about those limitations. And if you really, really wanted to try to do an accurate test where you could move the speakers to exact locations and they're all in the sweet spot and they're all calibrated, I mean, the money and time that it would, I mean, they're, you're basically talking about doing what you guys have done in, on an individual basis, which is like crazy just to buy a pair of speakers. Well, so dude, we, we're actually, we're going to, we're going to solve that problem and we're going to make it so that you can buy, you can compare, um, um, loudspeakers, studio monitors online where we've already spoken <laughs> with a couple of really high end labs that are smarter than we are and already have tools that can, that can, um, get us, get us most of the way where we need to go. So yeah, this is something, and you know, I, 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 I want to be really real with you and anybody listening that, you know, if you could go to a showroom or a studio and the conditions were perfect and you could sing uh, or play your guitar or drums or whatever into all the microphones you were interested in. If you were, if you could go to an ideal setting in which you could do proper ABs, ABXs, which is another kind of test where you remove bias in, in a listening test. Um, 
you know, that direct firsthand experience, you being there with it, you singing through it, what have you, that's that would be better than doing an online comparison, even even Audio Test Kitchen. And that's something that as a perfectionist and as the founder, uh, creator and co-founder of this company, you know, I've had to kind of wrestle with because, mm. you know, I wanted to create the perfect thing. And and I I will admit, and I think there's no contest that if you can create those perfect conditions in person, that would be better. Right. Um, but we had to, I had to get comfortable with the idea that for 99.9% of the world, they'll never have that access. Right. And those showroom exist uh, conditions don't exist. And we're able to do some things to make the, to, you know, remove even more bias or remove bias totally. And we're able to create a resource that while it's not the same as being there, it is a quantum leap in improvement in information sure and of and availability and access to information so you know as long as the world is the way it is you know we really believe that people being able to access the kind of resource that we've created on audio test kitchen anywhere they are in the world anywhere they can get a you know a, an internet connection on a, on a computer that they're going to have the potential of learning something that literally just was not knowable before right and like especially in in places like the u.s um we are so spread out and you know most states have a handful of large cities where like a bulk of the population lives but the rest of us are so spread out in medium and small sized cities and towns and it's just crazy to think like where do all these people go like Sure, if you live in New York City or LA, you know, there's there's a half dozen places you could go visit uh, and, and, you know, try stuff out in person. But man, for everyone else, where do you even go? We're talking about traveling uh, hundreds of miles and spending hundreds of dollars to travel just to try out gear that you might not even get in a great test condition setup. You know what I mean? It's just crazy to think how slim that chance is for the majority of people to get those types of conditions. Well, I used to work in one of the only places on the planet that was set up to even approach the kind of conditions you're talking about, and that's Vintage King's Los Angeles showroom. And, and they have one in Nashville that's really good. And, you know, there's the Westlake Pros and the Pro Audio LA and the RSPEs and and you know there's some stuff really great stuff in the UK that I'm aware of and you know, I'm sure there there are these satellites that are out there and if you can go in and and get access to that and you can create those conditions you know more power to you um, and I know how hard it is to main it to set up and maintain those conditions it's insane and so like as easy it is as it is to criticize you know a showroom like that. Or, or let's say even Guitar Center, really easy to criticize Guitar Center. Sure. These are very, very difficult conditions to maintain to try to give people access to. You know, I know everybody thinks they're just trying to sell gear, but, you know, oftentimes these, I, you know, looking at it from the best light, which I like to do, is, you know, these companies are trying to, you know, empower our creativity. Sure. And uh, it's a very difficult thing to maintain uh, and set up these showrooms. Um, and so we're actually working with these retailers to help them. Like, can we be your virtual showroom? Right. You know, can we be the standard? Well, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like we want to be, 
the Spotify meets Rotten Tomatoes meets <laughs> Consumer Reports, right. you know, meets, I, I don't know, the, like the, the ultimate online showroom um, for, for the world. You know, we just want to be that unbiased standard resource um, where you can go and you can trust what you hear. And it doesn't matter if you're a manufacturer or a retailer or an end user, you can you can you can trust what you hear and you can learn you can learn what you need to learn right. and you can have the experience you need to have. You can whether you're a novice, you're just getting started, you need help, or you're a total expert and you you need to know what's going on with the latest thing. We we wanna be that for 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 the industry. So what does that interfacing look like exactly? Like, like, did you contact them? Did they contact you? And what does it mean or look like when a company says, we want to add our microphones to Audio Test Kitchen? We had to, man, this is something we really wrestled with um, before we, we went into the content creation mode and went into the studios. Um, because you can imagine if, you're, if, if it's absolutely crucial um, when maintaining consistency on every source that you know no variables change that implies that wherever we did a recording we'd have to if we were to add a piece of gear in the future we'd have to go back to that exact studio and, and create recreate the exact conditions and actually I'm happy to say that we've successfully done that already we um we'd recorded um, we had reamped electric guitar and electric bass amps in um, in one of the isolation chambers at East West Studios and then we came back like i don't know a month or two later and 100% nailed it like i wasn't sure right. if we could do it but like there were a few companies um that sent us their mics uh, a little after we had gotten started and uh, i think it was um cad and and aventone and there were a couple other ones that were missing or had fallen through the cracks so um yeah, we were able to 100% re reconstruct the conditions because we'd been really methodical about sure. taking all the measurements and photographs and 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 all these things. Um, but it's it's pretty unlikely that this particular library, the way that we did it, and we call you know this first gear category of large diaphragm condensers, we call this the first library that we re released, and um, it's unlikely that we can really reliably create these, recreate these conditions. Definitely not on a one-off basis, but let's say NAM rolls around, and, and you know there's ten new mics or there's twenty or something, and these manufacturers maybe want to. Join Audio Test Kitchen, and you know, so we went out of pocket on all this stuff. There's no pay to play that happens. We're advertiser supported, but that had nothing to do with which manufacturers were were involved. We invited literally everyone. <laughs> there was no upfront cost. Um, we in invested all the time and money and resources ourselves um, because we didn't want there to be any reason for a manufacturer to not participate right um we and because we wanted there to be maximum uh, um inclusion and and so so for the end user we wanted the the to be as categorically complete as possible so every possible mic that we could possibly get our hands on and we ended up getting about we identified at the time there were about 75 manufacturers um a year ago uh when we when we started reaching out to everybody um actually we started reaching out to manufacturers long before that because we partnered with the manufacturers in terms of coming up with the best part of our methodology was derived from the feedback that we got from the manufacturers themselves like the guys at mojave said hey well we always record tambourine when we're testing our mics so we're hmm. like great we're gonna have to you know use a tambourine interesting um yeah. and the guys at josephson were like you have to you know 
can create create conditions that reveals the off-axis response of microphones. So we we made sure to do that. Right. Um, but so anyway, we we identified about seventy-five large diaphragm microphone, large diaphragm condenser mic manufacturers, and we got fifty-four of them to participate. So that's wow. two hundred fifty plus mics. And um, that was plenty to manage <laughs> to haul around town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, sorry, it's a long-winded answer to your question. How do you? How does Audio Test Kitchen expand and add more products in the future? If we can get enough manufacturers at once to justify going back into to each of the four studios where we worked to re- recreate those same conditions, add a bunch of mics to, to the uh, library, we'll totally do that. Um, but it's what we're what we're aiming for as a next step for our company is to have our own facility where we have permanent setups so we have you know a chamber for each instrument and it just it's set up once right and it just never changes and it's there for years you know it's it's that same bass amp it's that same guitar amp whatever um you know maybe even yamaha will you know long-term loan us a self-playing disc of your piano <laughs> right um, so it's it's that kind of stuff that would allow us to um you know, keep conditions the same over time. And um, one thing that allowed us to do that, incidentally, was um, DPA and Sheps loaned us um, these, you know, they, they make incredibly high resolution uh, microphones. And so sure. we always had a DPA or a Sheps on um, on each source as we were as, as we were capturing it into, into the large diaphragm mics as a reference so that we could go back to that and go like, Hey, is something funky going on with that mic? Or you know, just to make sure we're main, maintaining consistency throughout the recording process. Right. So I assume maybe you're already working on small diaphragm mics, ribbon mics, dynamic mics. What what can you say about that? You know, we're still um, all we we just want to do everything, and we've you know been listening to the user feedback, and people want to hear more. Uh, you know, it's it's different mic categories. It's preamps and compressors and software and monitors and everything. And and um, as as of the date of this particular uh, conversation between you and me, we have not yet decided one hundred percent what we're doing next. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I'm sure um, it's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. And but we want it all too. I mean, we literally envision a world in which wherever you encounter an audio product, you ought to be able to hear uh, a recording of that that is that is reliable, trustworthy, and comparable to another product in that same category. Yeah. Well, and I I imagine that the end goal is that. By default, companies will, over time, start to say, okay, now, we, now we've made a new mic, let's send it to Audio Test Kitchen, right? Like, that seems like kind of the, the end goal. Totally. That it becomes yeah. so standardized and so trustable that it's like, oh, well, yeah, that's what you do. You make a new mic, you send it to Audio Test Kitchen. <laughs> I love that vision, Kendall. I hope that comes to fruition because wouldn't it be great if, you know, at NAM or like on release day of a new product, you could, you know, wherever you get your announcement on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, eBlast, whatever, uh, you can instantly go have an experience of that product. That's that's totally. exactly what we want to. Yeah, that would be great because, you know, for many, many situations, man, I can even see... Uh, cool like promotional things like for example if if a product is announced but maybe it's not going to ship for another six months if audio test kitchen has that that recording all ready to go then it's like oh wow you can hear it before you buy it or for example if something is released and like you said like shipping today 
people could immediately go hear it that that couldn't go to Nam or couldn't go to you know what I mean couldn't go to these these shows and I mean is Nam not like worst possible showroom test conditions <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's like so hard to gauge anything there you know what I mean when I get well, you it know what, you know you know what some of the mic mic manufacturers want to do who um, participated in audio test kitchen they actually want to set up laptops at their booths with noise canceling headphones and just have have um, Nam attendees uh, check out their stuff um, through audio test kitchen <laughs> <laughs> that seems i mean arguably more reliable than yeah, the alternative sure. you know what i mean it's like geez well uh so this mic sounds cool but i can hear six thousand people uh <laughs> playing drums in the next you know what i mean it's like that's right so i i touched on the fact that Harmon helped us create these frequency response graphs but a really critical thing that happened in the Harmon anechoic chambers um was us successfully bottling the human voice so that we could reamplify that voice one at a time into every microphone so that the you know position and conditions of that recording were identical every time and so i i kind of think of it almost like time travel you know your example of um, how do you have? How do you do? How do you create a fair test where, say, your vintage Unidyne and your new fifty-seven can occupy the same position in time and space? Right. Well, either they, you know, one of them has to give. And so what we did is we figured out how to suspend time. So we we um, compared a number of these kind of high-resolution measurement-grade capture microphones. We worked uh, and, and we came down to. Two mics that that worked the best to capture vocals and acoustic guitar. One is a Sheps um, Colette with a CK2 capsule, so that's a a CK6, um, sorry MK2 capsule. So it's a CK6 preamplifier body and an omnidirectional MK2 capsule that's of a flat response on axis, and then um, a DPA4011, which is kind of a classic cardioid. Sure. Um, uh, cardioid, you know, high res microphone, and so these two microphones, um, and the Sheps was the one that we ended up using for some. Of, well, we used both for we used both as mics on both acoustic guitar and vocals, and so in the anechoic chamber, we figured out the best distance at which to capture the vocalist, um, and then we had to figure out what loudspeaker to reproduce these vocals through because that was the only way to suspend time. I mean, you can't have a singer sure. sing you know, the same identical thing in the identical way 250 times into every one of the mics. It's physically impossible. <laughs> yeah. And I've can't I, even really happen twice. <laughs> yeah, and, right. Exactly. And, and I've, I've been in these comparisons where a, a person will this, see, this is about the removal of bias. And the fact is you will hear something different in a different performance that will lead you to, to falsely conclude or make uh, or make an attribution about a, a, a microphone's qualities that are truly attributable to a performance difference so sure absolutely we had to eliminate that variable and so we did this thing where we bottle a vocal and then we reproduce it through uh, a loudspeaker and so it was quite a long journey to find the the right microphones to do that and, and we found the sheps and the dpa and then it was a long journey to find the right loudspeaker to do that and we ended up going with um an atom s3h which is their their newest um and it and also the ATC SCM 45A and the thing that those two have in common they're they're three way and also it just so happens that the driver configuration was perfect for creating almost like a point source response hmm. in that there's um 
the speaker the it's a bilaterally symmetrical speaker meaning that the there's um the tweeter and the mid are stacked on top of each other very close and then the they're flanked uh, equally on either side by a pair of woofers and those woofers ha- are at the same crossover point you know there's some speakers where there's like two woofers but there's a different crossover whatever right. these in this case so long story short we were able to, with Harmon's help to make it so that we could no longer hear the difference between the live vocal and the reamplified vocal wow yeah i was wondering about that with vocals i mean i saw a couple pictures on the website about um, noticed you uh, had put some mics on speakers, and I kind of thought to myself, well, they must have had to do that on the vocal, and that sounds like exactly what you did. Yeah, yeah, you, you got it right, and we did that with vocals and acoustic guitar, and we did it in three, we did those reamps in three different environments. So one is the anechoic chamber, so that we're eliminating all artifacts, but then we did it in also kind of like an average sounding room, kind of more like a bedroom or living room recording studio kind of vibe. And then we did one in like a more lively, um, in a more lively acoustic space, just so that people could get a sense of, you know, how these mics, you know, respond in, in different environments. Right. And for that, did you then have, did, like when you say you couldn't tell the difference, I assume there was a whole period of like listening tests that you guys, that you did with maybe a group of people or how, how did that look? Yeah. Group of people, different ages. And it was really a, it was a multi-month long process of narrowing it down. So like you start and you're like, you know, a hundred feet off target. And then, you know, you try some stuff and you get 80 feet and then 50 and then 20 and then now you're comparing you know your top two or three contenders and you're you know you're two or three feet away from the target and then Harmon helped us do the final refinement what we did is we analyzed um, the difference between what was captured live and what was being reproduced through our top two loudspeakers so we have you know the the capture mic through the loudspeaker that's the system right um and we analyzed the difference between um, the live performance and what was coming through this reamp system, and we were able to neutralize that difference. Right. Yeah. Wow. That sounds so extensive. <laughs> it was extensive. We I mean, we got it down to about five ish percent difference without the helper, um, but then Harmon really helped us close that gap um, and get that last five percent that that was that made it really convincing. Right. And I mean, if a group of people can't tell a difference, uh, I mean, people like Ethan Weiner are always raving about this sort of thing. If you put, you know, 50 people in a room and you say, you know, tell us what you think. And and all these people essentially fail the ABX. (laughs) It's like, well, right, right. Then how I mean, can we conclude at least reasonably that these are nearly identical (laughs) I mean, it seems seems reasonable to me. I, I like I said, there's always going to be the naysayers that say, "Oh, you can't really, you know, test for that." And uh, because I, I assume that even when you are say doing vocals with these speaker tests, um, I mean, the the like proximity effect still exists on a speaker. How did you handle or yeah. deal with deal with that? I mean, did or did it just kind of naturally? I don't know. That might be getting too much in the weeds there. No, no, it's great because yeah, you can't you can't do what you normally would do when you're like testing speakers or working in an echo chamber. You know, put the mic a, a meter or two away. That, right. that just doesn't work at all. So we ended up um, 
it was it was actually a long process to figure out how close can we get to a loudspeaker where the sound still converges properly right. and we were able to get within that magical kind of proximity distance and we actually chose two different distances one for the atom and one for the atc to get two slightly different proximity effects um the distance I think on the atom was nine inches and the ATC was eight and a half. So similar. Right. Um, but like within that kind of proximity zone and like we had taken, we've gotten a lot of feedback from people before we went to um, create the, this large diaphragm library on vocals. And they were saying like, well, we, Ideally, I remember Spike Stent told me he was like, you know, what you really want to do, Alex, is have two recordings of the vocal. You want to have have it like somewhere between, you know, eight and 12 inches uh, up close. And then you want to have one that's like farther away, like 18 inches or, or, or more right. so that people can tell here's here's what it's like with proximity and here's what it's like without. So we for vocals, we ended up we just did the two close distances, eight and eight and a half and nine inches. Um, but then there's other recordings in the audio test kitchen library that are beyond that, um, that eight, nine inch distance. Right. Right. And the piano and the room mics and things like that. Yeah. So it's, it's just really important to, I mean, proximity is huge and like you can drastically change the characteristic of a a microphone depending on how, how close you are to it. But the, the nice thing is like, it's still all relative. So, you know, I was talking to a manufacturer the other day and he was saying, well, your frequency responses don't look like mine. <laughs> right. And I, and I said, that is, that's totally understandable. You know, you probably used a different um, weighting than, than we did. But the important thing is that your microphone relative to all the other microphones is actually absolutely spot on. Right, right. Which, and that's the whole point is to compare different things, right? It's not about... You know, is this the best vocal recording you've ever heard? I mean, you know, no, it's not about that. You know what I mean? It's like you're comparing one source or multiple sources on different microphones, and that procedure is all identical. I mean, because in practice, that's what we do in the studio. You know what I mean? We we put up different mics on something and see what we like best, and that's all relative, too. Yeah. Depending well, and on- I have to say... It's hard to you know throw this word around, but I do feel pretty proud of how Audio Test Kitchen sounds, actually, uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, too. Sure. And, I mean, if you hear any of the stacked effect mixes, that's just, those are 100% raw recordings. Right. Um, no EQ, um, just, you know, mixed, mixed together. And it's like, we had to be very conscious as content creators, like, okay, how should... You know, how do we tweak the knobs on the bass amp and the guitar amp? And where do we put this mic on the piano so it's going to fit into the mix? And the same thing with the drums and the vocals. So, like, we were, you know, we were very deliberate and conscientious content producers in in that sense. Yeah, go figure. I mean, (laughs) it's like you would think that that would be what we all strive for, right? It's like, how are we going to mic this so it works in context, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) that's, I mean. I mean, it was an epic journey of, like, trying to, like, you know, teleport your brain into the future you know, and right. predict all this shit. It's kind of kind of wild. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And actually, you will also be the first. You and anybody listening right now um, will be the first to hear that on the song. So that we've got two songs um, at on this date currently available for large diaphragm condenser mics. One is called "The Weekend" and it's kind of an acoustic song with a female vocalist, mm-hmm. um, Jessica, who's amazing. And if you can find her and hire her, she's 
unreal um totally gave me chills when we were capturing her vocals in the anacoke chamber yeah i really i really enjoyed that song yeah really really cool and the other song is um by an la hip-hop group called the people under the stairs and the vocal that's vocalist that's currently available is um a, a guy named uh double k and his partner thess one those guys wrote that song um the la song is when you hear the stacked effect of it that is actually processed there is it's, there's no eq but there's some uh, compression and some effects that we um applied from uad mm. and uad actually we figured that was like a really cool way to showcase just the sound of uad so i used you know like like an la2a and one of their distressors and like the ocean way room and just stuff like that sure. um and you can actually a b the mix comparing the one that we process with the uad plugs to just the straight dry no processing all the same panning same levels um so if you want to hear 100 percent raw in the stacked effect mix you can do that in the drop down menu you just um, select dry mix gotcha yeah that's cool yeah i hadn't noticed that and that's something we want to offer to like the whole one thing that we realized when we were in the journey of creating audio test kitchen was this power of comparison so like we want you know and every you know humans are just into comparing things by nature like you're comparing uh, you know the quality of your uh, the iphone screen you know from the six to the seven to the 10 to the 11 whatever you're comparing this shirt to that shirt comparing 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 sound so there's nothing in our world especially that's not comparable right and so and and before afters and ab's are just like so interesting so like a whole thing that we're going to get into which is so awesome and so compelling is like you know let's say like the chandler emi compressor in and out you know on or bypass like what does it do to this drum stem to this mix whatever i think even just those in not even in the context of comparing to all the possible products in that category just being able to hear what does this one thing do let's a b it let's level match it and let's just hear hear what this thing is capable of i i I cannot wait until we um you know go deep into that mine and uh, bring a lot of that content to people sure oh i'm excited and i hope other people are as well but what does the future look like for audio test kitchen at Audio Test Kitchen, we want to create total access to being able to hear anything that makes a sound um, anytime, anywhere you are online. It's really a vision of of creating access for people. And it's just, it seems to me that, um, that our industry, for some odd reason, has just been really underserved by... Um, Technology. I mean, it, it, at this time in history, where it is so easy to transmit over the internet high quality images, high quality sound, why has our industry been asked for, been forced for so long to not be able to encounter and receive and and study and compare the most fundamental uh elements of these products and that is the sound quality i mean right and so we want to change that we want to change access so that 
no matter where you are, if you've got access to the internet and you are an audio creator, a musician, you can hear and discover and understand what is potentially the most important thing about these tools that, that you want to use to, to create. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so tell everybody where they can find you about on social media, website, all the above. We would be so pleased to share Audio Test Kitchen with everybody who's listening, and we really built it for you. So um, come on over to www.audiotestkitchen.com. That's our landing page. You can discover how uh, we did a lot of what we did. Um, and right at the top, there's a link to dive right into our web app, which is app.audiotestkitchen.com. Right now, it is for your computer only. It doesn't work on mobile yet. We're working on creating a great mobile experience too. And we would really love it if you, um, if you checked us out on social media, mostly so that we can be in touch about stuff, so that we can let you know when we release new content. Um, it might be some behind the scenes stuff about how we um, you know, created the microphone library, um, but also to get your feedback about what you like about what we're doing, um, what we're, what you'd like to see us do next. Um, and so you can find us on Instagram, at Audio Test Kitchen, Facebook, same thing, Facebook, what is it, dot com slash Audio Test Kitchen. Uh, so it's basically Audio Test Kitchen everywhere. And if anybody wants to, <laughs> to email me directly, um, it's real easy. It's alex at audiotestkitchen.com. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Recording Lounge podcast. Really appreciate Alex taking the time to answer all my questions and geek out with me for an hour. Um, all of you need to go check out Audio Test Kitchen and, and see for yourselves what this is all about. I really think that it's kind of like we've surpassed this new part um, because of this website. Uh, I don't mean to try to oversell it or anything. I really do believe that this could become kind of a new standard for comparing microphones and comparing different types of audio gear because up till this point, it's always just been kind of like the Wild West, like some websites will have some comparisons that were done well. Every now and then you'll come across somebody on a forum who did like a really exact, uh, you know, comparison and very, very specific test conditions. But in general, there's not been one place where you can compare this much stuff head to head all in an accurate manner. Um, and that's that's really groundbreaking. I, I don't know if you realize how groundbreaking that is. Hopefully, after listening to this podcast, you have a respect for what has been done on the technical side and how exact they have been to try to make sure this is as fair and unbiased as possible. Um, as a geek person myself, I really appreciate that, and I really appreciate the sort of technical knowledge and you know seeking out the experts to to help them in this journey that all these guys have done. Um, definitely go check it out. It's such a cool idea, and, and I can't wait to see what's on the horizon for them. As always, if you have questions, you can email me at recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com or fill out the contact form on the website. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter, which is a zero-spam newsletter that mostly is there to alert you of new episodes and things like that. And you can do that over at the website as well. 
Make sure you take a listen to our other episodes, which you can do on iTunes or any of these other things, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps us get noticed and uh, get more listeners. Um, I'd also like to say thanks to everybody who filled out the survey that I put out on Facebook and on the email list. Your responses are really valuable to me. It helps me kind of figure out what's the future of the podcast look like and what I want to do with it in the future. I know there's been a lot of sort of uh, questions and things going through my mind over the last year or two about what does the podcast look like in the future and I can assure you at least for now the podcast is not going anywhere and I've got some great things on the horizon recording lounge might go through some changes but I think that you will enjoy them so all right uh, I'll talk to you guys next time and make sure to go check out the website recordingloungepodcast.com <laughs>